People ask me all the time, David, what do I want to look out for? What are the big things I want to avoid? Well, the answer is if you're doing it correctly, there's going to be a bunch of horror stories and a bunch of terrible things that you may not end up ever finding out about. The right team, the right guidance, the right unicorns pushing you in the right direction will mean that all those horror stories will happen to other people and not to you. Today, I've got a great example of some horror stories that can happen if you don't have the right representation and what you can do about it to protect yourself. Play that music. What is up, my How to Buy Homies? It's David Sedoni, your How to Buy a Home podcast advocate, guru, and first-time buyer lover. Okay, here's what happened. I'm at work today, and I'm doing my thing, getting ready uh, to figure out what I'm going to do next. Suddenly, boom, this email comes across my desk. They came to me from the howtobuyahome.com website. And, you know, I don't like to do a lot of the what not to do with specific examples. Most of the time, I'm going to, you know, say, I have seen this in the past. I have heard this from other realtors. But in this case, this listener's attitude is so awesome after going through such a terrible experience that I thought it was great to prove two different stories here. Proof, you know, prove stories to, uh, to illuminate a couple different great philosophies for you guys. Number one is tactically what to specifically do when you're buying a home and what not to do. And secondly, how to handle things if you get punched in the face. Because holy Moses, this gal got smacked. Here's the email. Hey, David, I'm a 25-year-old woman living in Chicago who's been looking to buy a home for the last year. I had a very close encounter with a home purchase last year, but unfortunately, due to having the wrong realtor and being in a time-restricting dilemma of my apartment lease ending, when I found serious foundation issues in the home I was looking at, I ended up backing out of the contract. Now, this ended up costing me and losing me my earnest money deposit, something I wasn't properly guided through during the signing process. Oh, but wait, there's more. And then my lender, Rocket Mortgage, also let me down when they assured me that it would not affect my approval status when I switched from a W-2 employee to a 1099. It was overall a traumatic experience, and it lost me another $2,500. Okay, now, if you're out there and you think I'm a terrible person, first of all, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm a decent individual. Uh, and <laughs> so I don't mean to get defensive, but like I said, I just I didn't write a script or anything for this. I just turned on the microphone and I'm talking off the top of my head. The reason why I feel so fine about having this discussion about this listener. Number one, I ain't telling you who it is. Number two, way do you hear this listener's attitude and persistence at the end of the email. But first, let's get down to the tactics, the things that a lot of you guys come here for. Dude, just tell me what I need to do and what I need not to do. So here it is. The real brass tacks on what you do not do when you're trying to buy your first home. So in saying uh, in this email that they encountered some problems in the foundation, but there was a time restriction due to the apartment lease. First red flag right there. What I see is that the realtor 
and the lender, probably both of them, the whole unicorn team didn't help in the preparation. If you have an apartment lease ending, the preparation that you do well before you ever step inside a home is 50 times more important than figuring out what to do with the inspection, the appraisal, and closing on the home. Because by backing out of the home, without the preparation to understand what the contract means, this buyer ended up losing their entire earnest money deposit. Now, technically, that yes, that deposit is protected in most transactions. But if you get above and beyond what they would call the contingency period or the option period, think of it as like your due diligence buyer beware period. Well, if you get beyond that, too bad, so sad, like this poor buyer, you can lose your deposit. Now, if you're trying to line everything up with your lease, you really need to make sure that you have everything understood with your unicorn team. With a lender, how quickly can we do it? Are we sure we approved? Are we ready to go? With the realtor, what happens if we don't do it by this time? Have your options ready. For a lot of people, I definitely say check in with your apartment to see if there's a month-to-month option if you can't close on the home. The other thing about this that wasn't mentioned in here, now, foundation issues, yeah, that's a huge. So my big lesson from that is if you find foundation issues and you realize it's going to cost you tens of thousands of more than the price that you've already agreed on, if you can't get a new negotiation to a price that includes that issue, you need to back out of the deal. Before you do that, you need to make sure you understand the timelines in your contract so you can back out of the deal without losing your earnest money deposit. Now, if you're going into this whole situation with a timeline at the end, not only should you know everything about that timeline, where you need to go if you get the traditional 30-day close, but you should also have far more than 30, 40, or 50 days, that is. You should have a gigantic cushion. I have seen people get into a contract and then go, all right, well, our lease is up, so I don't want to worry about next month, so let's just put our 30 days in. Well, they haven't done the inspection yet. They haven't figured it out. And then two things can happen. One, they decide to leave the purchase. They want to pull out of the purchase. Now they've already given their notice to their apartment and they're stuck because there's no chance you're going to find a a home that you can close in 20 days most of the time. Or the other thing about this that is a big no-no that you need to make sure you understand is never assume a 30-day close is going to be exactly 30 days. That's why I say closing dates are fluid. That's why I say all the time, don't book the moving trucks. Give yourself at least a couple week cushion. Things happen. So the first lesson from this what not to do is don't get a realtor and rush to buy a house just because of some days on the calendar. Unless your realtor has explained everything to you and you know the entire process and you feel totally comfortable, don't try to push a deal through hoping, praying that you're not going to be homeless. Now, the second piece of this, Rocket Mortgage. Oh, my friends at Rocket Mortgage. The guys who made, I don't know, a billion dollars last year and their profit was only $60 million. Um, Yeah, that's because they spend all their money trying to get you to reach out to them. And when you do, the first person you talk to sells you a book of goods And then you end up talking to another person, another person, and another person. And somewhere along the way told this buyer that switching from W-2 to 1099, eh, not going to be a problem. 
And this buyer ended up losing another $2,500. Okay, what not to do? Don't assume that an online lender is going to be for you, be there for you for the entire transaction. Don't assume that an online lender is going to be there after the transaction. Their goal is to get as many people as they can just from putting out a large marketing campaign so everybody sees it, clicks on it, and they tell you it's fast, it's easy, no problem. Meanwhile, Rocket Mortgage, their livelihood is not tied to each individual buyer. After you close the deal with them, they're ready to go to the next one that they find through their Super Bowl commercials. When you work with a local unicorn mortgage broker or when you work with a mortgage broker that comes to you from the unicorn network, somebody who is tied to you, not to online leads, that person wants to make sure that they can give you the best service possible because you and only you are the way that their business grows. You're in control that way. Imagine going into a fast uh, a, a mom and pop diner and the only way that diner got any sort of new customers is based on what you said when you walked out the door. That's what it's like when you're working with a realtor and a lender who build their entire business on the recommendations of the people that they work with. So the big what not to do here is uh, friends don't let friends use online lenders. <laughs> now here in Unicorn Nation, we do have some national lenders that do a great job, but they don't make their money with online commercials or Super Bowl spots. They make their money the same way that all unicorns do, treating you like the million or two million or $10 million client that you should be treated like. Okay, now here's the great thing about this. The reason why I feel totally comfortable just reading this and slapping up my microphone and making this podcast is because here's the rest of the email. Fast forward to today and I'm planning ahead to find my super team. That's what this person says. I now have $30,000 that I can use towards my home purchase. So the question was to me, what do I do about employment status? Should I be looking at an FHA loan? Should I be looking at a conventional loan? You know, things are different when you're a two-year regular W-2 employee versus a 1099 person. I just need to know, you know, what is the best choices for me? And my favorite thing she said is, I'm not a person that likes to be told I can't do something. Isn't that awesome? So she wants to know, are there going to be any lenders out there going to be willing to look at me with my 1099 and W-2s and still be able to approve me for a loan? Then she says, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to become a homeowner, even consider uh, a conventional loan or anything else that the lender recommends to me. If I have to wait another year, I'll be upset, but I will know that I 100% know what I need to do to set myself up for the best situation. That is awesome. Then she says, I have no family or support behind me. She's looking to me and my podcast for knowledge and support. And then she says, so far, I've been great, and she really appreciates it. So my new anonymous buyer, that's all you need to do. I don't say you can do this tomorrow. I don't say you can do this no matter what. I say that most people out there, if you're renting for the average rent in your area, you can potentially set your finances up if you have average debt to buy the average starter home in your area. That's just the math. Woo. Can you hear that, gang? The math is so exciting that it just 
set off an alarm outside. I hope you all can hear that. But uh, what is alarming to me, <laughs> dad jokes, is that so many people who get in these situations get too far into them and then get beat down. And unfortunately, because of that, they're not finding anybody to help them up. They're not finding anybody to help re-inspire them, them, to reinvigorate them, to let them know no matter what you're going to do this. Look, when you get hit, when you fall down, it happens. It's not how many times you fall down. It's how quickly you get up and start again. This listener and their attitude is exactly what you need to know. What does Ted Lasso say? Don't be judgmental. Be curious. Now, that's a lot more about treating people with equity and equality. But when it comes to figuring out what you want to do in your own home purchase, what do you not do? That's the title of this episode. Don't judge what you can or can't do when you're looking to purchase a home unless you get the professional and experienced opinion of somebody who can take a look at all your factors and give you a million times better answer than Google could to tell you exactly what options you could or could not have. And if you do end up in the could not category of these options, then you know what? Time is all you're going to need. You're going to need to figure out what time you need and how long it is to set up your own personal plan. I swear to God, I don't know if you guys can hear this alarm, but I am just pushing through. I told you, I'm so excited about this. I just needed to turn on the microphone and go. Gang, the deal is uh, an incredible positive attitude like this. Someone is looking to be resilient. Now, look, there are a lot of people coming to me and say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I'm like, cool, you make $28,000 a year and you have uh, about $2,000 in monthly debt. That's going to be pretty difficult for me to help you. And some of you might be like, well, I want to buy this four-bedroom house in my hometown. And that's cool, but if it costs $700,000 and you make $53,000 a year, we might not be able to get that to you right now. But if you come in with the right attitude, even if you got totally burned like this buyer did, if you say, okay, I got totally burned, but now I'm looking in a place where I want someone to guide me to help me figure out what's next. These are all the options. This is everything I have right now. So instead of saying, ah, these are all the things I have right now, there's no way I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm going to do all this work on my own and I'll check in with them in six months. Why? Find a team that's there and is going to help you out for free. I know that's tough because there aren't a lot of them out there, but hey, that's why I started the podcast. Best thing you can do is be persistent and look to get the guides have your advocates on your side. What's the worst thing you can do? You can reach out to me. I can hook you up with somebody. And the answer is, nope, you can't buy a home right now. Or nope, you can't buy that four-bedroom home you're looking for right now. But you can buy this two-bedroom condo. Well, now it's up to you. Do you want to save for the four-bedroom home? Doing the math of understanding where the rent is not going to be going towards an asset. But sometimes that might be the best play for you. Maybe you're expecting a big bonus. Maybe you're expecting an inheritance. If that's the case, but you're not going to know all those variables unless you're working with somebody. So I seriously am just rambling. And as you can tell, I can ramble the stuff off the top of my head all day long because I know this and I believe in it. You have to Ted Lasso and believe in the numbers. And the only way you can believe in the numbers is if you get them from a correct source. I get it. I know. 
so many people out there feel so blown off by the entire real estate industry. And trust me, you're going to be hearing some things from me in the future to explain how corrupt and crooked this entire industry is. I'm at the point right now where there's enough of you guys reaching out to me. I'm having enough fun helping you guys that I'm fine with doing this for the rest of my life. I don't need the real estate industry to love me. I need you people to be served the way that you should be. We're going to start a revolution. And buyers like this person, this listener who just sent me this email, that's exactly the type of people that are going to come out on top. Now, in a perfect world, I prefer that you don't get burned. I prefer that you find my podcast before you end up using a realtor that shoves you into a place just so they can make a commission. And then you go to the inspection and you go, screw this, I'm not going to do it. But then you lose your entire deposit. And because you use an online lender, you use twenty, you lose $2,500 extra dollars as well. Now, I don't want that to happen to any of you. But if it does happen to you, step back, take the time you need, and then look to get a guide. I know it doesn't feel like you can get true guidance. I know you're used to doing everything on your own. I know that. I understand that you do so much on your own and that you do so much research. And so I'm here to let you know there's one dude with a microphone sitting in his office letting you know, yeah, it's only 0.03% of the 3 million licensed agents out there that really can give a damn and help you. But I got a hookup on how to talk to those people. And they only continue to grow their business if you feel like you're a $10 million client. So go to howtobuyahome.com. Go to the Instagram. I think I'm going to change the Instagram, gang. Uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, look at at how to buy a home podcast as an Instagram. At David Sedoni, will still be there, but at how to buy a home podcast is where I'm going to start putting stuff on the gram. So give me a follow there. Um, I'm dropping all kinds of nuggets all day long to try to help you guys because that's where I'm at right now is just wanting to help as many of you as I can. I want to start this revolution, howtobuyahome.com to find a unicorn, to find more education. I know it's tough to know what to do and what not to do. And at some point, you just need to give in. Go back and listen to the last few episodes. Some really smart people. Uh, there was a doctorate a PhD on one episode and a medical doctor on another episode. And both of them said, I tried to do all the research on my own for a year, a year and a half. And once they reached out to the right team, they were closing a house in months, weeks even. So we're here for you. What do you do? What do you not do? I can break it down real simple for you. What do you not do? Don't try to do this on your own. What do you do? Find a unicorn team. You do that, and you can do this.